Good evening. Thank you, Pastor Mike. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> Good to be back with you. And uh, thank God for Pastor John and Pastor Linnell's trust and my wife and I to allow us to come back and share with you. We always enjoy being here in Texarkana. And uh, you know, I have to practice while I'm here because I'm a California boy. and you know, They say I have an accent, though, but praise the Lord. Of course I don't. Uh, we are we're, we're going to have a, a powerful time, I believe, tonight uh, in the Lord. And I'm going to do something this weekend. Normally, I, I'm, I assume, I'm sure, I've heard Pastor John preaches the same message every service. Is that true in a weekend? Is that true? So Saturday night, Sunday morning, Sunday, the second service? Okay, great. Well, I'm not the pastor of the house, obviously. And since I can't be here next Sunday, we'll be in Santa Rosa, California. The following Sunday, we'll be in New Haven, Connecticut at Church on the Rock. But uh, this weekend, I'm afforded the opportunity to preach three times. And so we're going to do a series. Uh, This will be the first part of the series. In the morning will be the second part. And the third part will be at the 1045 service. And I would encourage you, and once once we get into this, I think you're, you're going to um, have your interests uh, piqued. We, we, we want to uh, talk about perfect peace uh, tonight and the two services tomorrow. And you have the handout, and there's much too much there for us to cover right now. If I were to try to do that, I'd be Speedy Gonzalez, and you'd understand nothing. So I'm going to take my time and lay a foundation tonight and add in the morning and, add, and, and put the icing on the cake by the third service. But I pray that you will listen to all the sermons. Uh, I, I know you can t- uh, do it online, right, Pastor Mike? Great. And so it's available to you, but let's, let's get into it, and, and I, I believe God will speak to you tonight. Um, so if you want to take out your outline, which is in the bulletin that was handed to you tonight, and we'll, we'll proceed. I, I do want to mention, while you're taking it out, my wife and I uh, were in China last month ministering, and we'll be in Colombia in South America next month ministering. And next year is going to be a heavy-duty year. I'm trying to keep up with Pastor Linnell. Uh, she's amazing. She's a tremendous woman of God. When I grow up, I want to be like Pastor Linnell. So there is, uh, there's an opportunity we've been giving to spend an entire month in India, probably in the first quarter of the year, ministering to pastors and leaders and going to several cities and holding pastors' conferences. And then also we'll be back in China for the third time, ministering again to the apostolic leaders there and pastors. This second time uh, last month, we went to both Chengdu, where the pandas live, the the world-class panda institute, uh, where they study them in amazing animals. We met the red red pandas uh, who look like red raccoons. They've never seen them before. And you know, the, the black and white pandas are real recluse and you know, they, they don't like the, like the limelight, but the red, the red pandas are showboats and uh, you know, they remind me of some of the people that I know in Texarkana. But, the, but the, it's tremendous uh, animals to watch, really curious. So, but we also got a chance to go to Beijing and minister to leaders there. Uh, I, I think I told you before that 27,000 people a day are being saved in China. So God's taking over China. <laughs> it's, it's the most amazing thing. And the government actually is on board because they, they have asked Christian business leaders to come over and train their top business leaders because they realize their nation lacks values. Isn't that amazing? And they can't go where they want the nation to go without Christian values. 
So, my, 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 isn't God great? So now they're asking for Christian values to be taught in this nation. God is mighty. Can we praise his name? He is mighty. Also, next year we will be uh, on, a, on a four-nation tour, and we're going to conduct a large pastor's conference in Vietnam, and then go to Cambodia and do it again in Cambodia, and then to Myanmar, which is formerly Burma, and also go to Thailand and conduct pastors' conferences. So we're excited about the opportunities God's given us, and so please pray for us. If God brings my face across your, across your mind, there is a reason. I'm taking my wife with me to dangerous places, but God's grace is sufficient. Is it not? Yes. Now also on the table out there, real fast, a few seconds, we have some CDs, and some of you in the past have purchased them. I, I want to just briefly tell you about a, a few of them because my titles may not make sense. I know you can't imagine. But, but if you remember last time we ministered on the blessing, how many of you heard the blessing the last time we were here? Great. If, if you want to continue with that vein, we have two CDs on parenting that will help you articulate the blessing to your children and grandchildren and nieces and nephews ad infinitum. Uh, one is called Children of Destiny. The other is Arrows of the Lord. I only have five of the Arrows of the Lord. Uh, it's, it's a problem duplicating them, but, but we have some Children of Destiny and also Arrows of the Lord. And there's one called the Voice of the Lord that will really help you hear God's voice better. Which will, and God's voice will keep you out of a whole heap of trouble if you'll listen. Okay, so those are there and others, and you can take a look. Now let's look at the verses that we have before us. Perfect peace, perfect peace. We're going to begin with Isaiah 26 and 3, and I'm going to read it in three different translations, three different flavors, so you can really sense better uh, the heart of God for us. First, the New Living Translation. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. In the Amplified Bible, the Eternal Bible, I called it, but it says you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. Whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Now, on your, on your notes, read with me, please, this last translation, the New Century Version. Could you read it with me? Okay, uno, dos, tres, out loud. Lord, you give true peace to those who depend on you because they trust you. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that your word is alive. It's the only book that's alive. It is alive and powerful. No other book has the power of your word. It is alive and powerful and sharper than even a double-edged sword. Even a surgeon's scalpel, your word is sharper. And that God administers to us, it goes to the very depths of our hearts. It goes to the very inclinations in our mind and it speaks to it, not to harm us, not to hurt us, not to just expose us, but you sent your word to heal us. And we declare in Jesus' name that your word does not return void even tonight, but it accomplishes thoroughly, completely, entirely, totally, comprehensively, exhaustively what you sent it to do. 
Thank you for your people who have come tonight. I pray that they will come and not be frightened away by a few sprinkles. But Lord, thank you that we have gathered together in your name. And we thank you that you are here. And so we believe, we expect, we anticipate that you will be God in our midst. Because again, you are here. And that signs and wonders and miracles most definitely follow your word in Jesus' name. Now notice that I think this is one of the top three promises in the word of God. That, that God would give us perfect peace. In a world that is confused, a world that is, that is divided, a world that is troubled, a nation that is more divided than I've ever seen it in a nation that is troubled at the core. God promises perfect peace. Just want to make sure you're all here. Now, now I know Pastor John said uh, I'd be here this morning, <laughs> but we're here tonight, but I hope you're here. But there is perfect peace, and, and I have found that this is a real promise from a real God that has real reality. That God will keep us in perfect peace or true peace if we'll trust in him and if our thoughts will be fixed on him, will stay on him because we trust him. Now let's, let's break this down. The, the Hebrew word for peace in the Old Testament comes from a root word which is S-I-M and it means to be complete or to be sound, or to live well. That's a good start. And then, of course, from this word sim, we get the word shalom, which is the Hebrew word for peace. Every time in the Old Testament you see the word peace, it is the word shalom. Say shalom with me. Shalom is a magnificent word because it means, your notes tell you that, it means wholeness of life or body. It means health. It means right relationship or harmony between two parties or people. It's often established by a covenant. It means prosperity. It means success. It means fulfillment. It means victory over one's enemies or absence of war. A tremendous promise. So, Lord, you give true shalom to those who depend on you because they trust you. You will keep in perfect shalom all who trust in you, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. That's God's promise. God will give us and keep us in perfect shalom. Now, the New Testament, because we're going to be dealing with the New Testament concept also heavily tonight and this weekend. It, it heavily leans on the Hebrew word shalom. But the New Testament word is Irene. Irene. It means, or it, it refers to the biblical concept of peace, which does not focus on the absence of trouble. But, well, because, I want to say, it is unrelated to circumstances. That this peace that God gives us is not, is not, bound to it is not hampered by it is not prevented by any external circumstances that the peace that God gives is bigger than any circumstance that can come against your life it is stronger it is more mighty than any circumstance any situation any predicament 
any onslaught, anything the enemy can throw at you, God's peace is greater. It is a goodness of life that is not touched by what happens on the outside. And Paul was an expert in this area. He was always in a predicament, it seems. But in Philippians 4, he says that I have learned to be content in every situation and all the time, whatever is facing me, I've learned to have peace in God. In Acts 16, uh, Peter and, and, and the others are, are, are there in prison and, 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 and rather than, than moaning and groaning and griping, they're singing praises and then an earthquake comes and sets them free and the jailer is freaking out because he knows his life is in his hands because the, the prisoners are going to be, gonna be, be you know, out of this, out of his sight and, 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 and they lead him to Christ and, and his whole household comes and everybody's happy because they understood the word peace peace. Now for us tonight, this is going to be a general definition. I've seen in your notes a, a state of quiet or tranquility, uh, an inner, an internal state of quiet or tranquility. Freedom from disturbance or agitation. Now there may be disturbance on the outside, there may be agitation on the outside, but this is in your heart and soul. There is freedom. We sang tonight about freedom. It is applicable to society or to individuals or, this is important, the temper of the mind. So our best working definition tonight is peace is freedom from agitation or disturbance by the passions. As from fear, terror, anger, anxiety, or the like. It means quietness of mind. Let me say that again. Quietness of mind, tranquility, calmness, quiet of conscience. Now the greatest peace that any of us can ever receive and the peace that is available to you tonight is found in Christ. Now this is referring to peace on earth. Well, not, not that the nations are not at war, but peace on earth in our heart, in our soul. The, the peace that we can experience now in spite of everything. But there is a greater peace, I want to be very clear, and that peace is only found in Christ. That peace that means that eternally we are one with God. Eternally we have peace with God. Forever we will live with God and there is peace. As Pastor Mike referenced in the offering, that when we were his enemies, Christ died for us to give us peace. So we in Christ, if you have Christ, and if Christ has you, you have peace with God. But there is something else that God offers us. In addition to eternal peace with God, he also offers us peace in our heart and soul throughout life. Every day, all night, God wants to give us perfect peace peace with God and peace right now is that okay with you we'll find out it is abundantly clear in scriptures that this is what he promises and this is what he gives hallelujah now let's let's understand let's understand what is involved with this idea of peace and of course this the issue for us 
that which would disturb peace is stress. Anybody ever heard of that word before? Anybody ever seen that word before? Yes, stress. And stress is, is the enemy. Stress is the, is the point here that comes against our, our peace. Now, let's talk about stress for a minute. I'm going to give you some, some data so this is uh, put in context for you, and it's relevant. I think it is. Stress comes from three different areas, and we'll, we'll talk about this, but it's caused by external circumstances. We talked about those external circumstances, situations, predicaments, conundrums. It also is caused by our perceptions and attitudes. We'll talk about that more tomorrow. But it can also be caused by a, a physiological cause, and, and we'll mention that in a minute. Stress is the reason, hear me, for two-thirds of the total visits to the physician. Stress. Stress forces us to go and see the doctor. Stress is the culprit in two-thirds of all physician visits. It is the leading cause of coronary artery diseases, cancer, accidents, and respiratory diseases besides a list of many others. Stress aggravates the following illnesses, hypertension, insomnia, diabetes, herpes, multiple sclerosis, etc. Besides stress that continues, well, the stress that continues for, for long periods of time, we'll mention that in a minute, can lead to poor concentration, irritability, anger, and poor judgment. We want to confront stress and deal with it. Stress even leads to marriage breakups, family fights, road rage, suicides, and violence. Stress is something that must be addressed. Now, stress affects us all in different ways. And you cannot have a cookie-cutter approach in the area of stress. We all respond and react to it differently. No one the same. Stress is, is something that must be looked at because uh, there are signs of stress. And in order for us to receive God's word tonight and God's ministry to us tonight, we're going to have to decide to be honest up front about the signs of stress. Uh, some of the signs that, that may be uh, present in a person's life are manifested through symptoms. And some of the symptoms of stress are, are headaches, tiredness, heart palpitation, a pounding heart, sweating, an upset stomach, having to urinate very frequently, muscle tension, exaggerated fears or feeling edgy, uh, getting startled easily, irritability, trouble falling asleep, disturbed sleep, trouble concentrating, shortness of breath, difficulty breathing, uh, another list is one's anxious, your mind race, your chest again palpitating, problem concentrating, again, anxiety easily irritated again, avoiding people and responsibilities, focusing on negative thoughts. Remember that, we'll come back to it tomorrow. Focusing on negative thoughts, anger issues, headaches, digestive problems, muscle tension and pain, sleep issues again, fatigue, 
high blood pressure, weight loss or gain, skin problems, breakouts, rashes, hives, hair loss. Pastor Mike did his on purpose. Hair loss, decreased sex drive, nervous behaviors, nail biting, pacing, teeth grinding. Lord, help me. Uh, stress manifests in those, those symptoms. And there's much more I can say about that. We don't have time. We could have a whole series on stress, but go see a doctor. <laughs> now, there, there, are, there are the top 10 stress triggers or causes, well, the, the things that, that will cause stress. I mean, really, really, really um, like turn on the switch with stress. One is finances. Can you imagine that being the first one? Finances, health issues, marriage, relationships, career pressures, parenting, children. I can't imagine those two go together. Parenting children. Hallelujah. Love them. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. That's why I want to bless them. Parenting children. Aging parents can be very stressful. Legal issues. Scheduling your, your to-do lists. Education. Transportation. Uh, these things can really bring on sex. Um, excuse me, stress. <laughs> wrong sermon, Chandler. Wrong sermon. My wife would tell you, we do offer great sex. <laughs> don't, let, don't let Pastor John hear this message. Right? It, is, um, it is important to remember that God promises us perfect peace. Now, I, I have a, I, I have a uh, cheat sheet kind of quick little quiz out there on the CD table. You can take free uh, just to, if you want to go deeper with this, to kind of look at your life more deeply, but, but, but these are some of the questions that must be asked um, to understand if stress is kind of having its way in your life. And this inventory, this is a, a different one I hear than what's out there. That was more brief, but, but you know, are you overloaded with stress? And here's a short stress overload inventory. Number one, have you experienced lots of change in recent months? Change can really be a major stressor like a job or housing or relationship status? Have you experienced a major loss, the death of a loved one, divorce, financial loss? Do you have skin irritations again and also recurring headaches or a racing heart? Do you feel that you failed in an important endeavor in your work or relationship? Are you in a hurry most of the time? My wife would say, yes, you are, Chandler. Are you in a hurry most of the time? Do you, do you use adrenaline or caffeine to sleep less and get more done? Do you expect perfection from yourself or from others? Do you have an unrealistic expectation of how things will go in situations? Are you self-critical? Do you have a short temper? Do you get easily frustrated? Now, don't, don't, don't elbow your husband right now. Don't, don't do that, please. That's, that's, not, that's not okay. Um, that's not the point. <laughs> Are you having emotional outbursts? Do people tell you that you take things too seriously? Do you try to be strong and not have needs or emotions? I know a lot of people who love Jesus who, who think that they're not supposed to have needs and emotions. Are you anxious most of the time? Are you having difficulty concentrating? Are you having difficulty sleeping or getting enough rest? Do or have you been pessimistic lately? The truth is, stress is a normal phenomenon in our existence on this earth. 
And believe it or not, there is good stress and bad stress. Uh, I discovered a while ago there is good anger and bad anger. You know, there's a time to be angry. There's a time to be angry for God. There's a time to stand up and say, no more. But yet there's also bad anger. And there is good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. You want good cholesterol. Trust me. But you want to avoid at all costs bad cholesterol. You know, there's good guilt and bad guilt. Good guilt leads you to repentance. Good guilt will prompt you to ask somebody to forgive me. I was wrong. That's good, healthy guilt. But bad guilt leads you into condemnation and leads you into, uh, actually, it, it, it forces you, actually, it causes you to repel from the presence of God. Good guilt leads you into the presence of God. Bad guilt draws you away from God. Aren't you glad to know that there is therefore right now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus? Even though God was dealing with us about something or, or God may send someone to confront us, we don't have to receive bad guilt. We can run into the grace of God and know that his grace is sufficient. Tell somebody next to you, his grace is sufficient for you. But likewise, there's good stress and bad stress. And, and positive stress uh, is desirable because it, it, it does good things. And um, when stress is positive, you give your best. You, you try to come up to the challenge. And it's important to, to, to receive that. That's a good motivator. Uh, it is a good thing to respond. To come. David, I'm certain experienced good stress when he saw Goliath out there. Wow. And he ran towards him, not from him. You know, you can't have a victory if you run from the, the challenge. He ran towards Goliath and it was an amazing victory, which we are still blessed by today. It is important to know that there is a difference. Now, stress is undesirable, will make you feel angry, anxious, and afraid. But when it's positive stress, you feel excited, alive, and thrilled. The issue is, the issue is, the issue is, how long is stress sustained in your life? Because any stress that lasts too long begins to have a negative effect in your body and in your life. But in the midst of understanding the, the stress issue, and of course, you know, there's a fight and flight syndrome that the body, the body reacts to things when there is acute stress. Some of the things that we mentioned, finances, health issues, marriage, career pressures, parenting, aging issues, that when it's acute stress, there is a physiological reaction that occurs in our bodies. Uh, when there's some kind of fear or some kind of disturbance or some kind of irritation, uh, the body's sympathetic nervous system is activated due to the sudden release of hormones. The sympathetic nerve systems stimulate the adrenal glands. Triggering the release of catecholamines. Yes, aren't you glad you came tonight? Which includes adrenaline and noradrenaline. This results in an increase in the heart rate, blood pressure, and breathing. But after the threat is gone, it takes about 20 to 60 minutes for the body to return to its, 
it's pre-arousal levels. But the, the, the issue is how long is stress staying in your body and in your life? And so this is, this is why this is so powerful for me that in the midst of life and stressors that Jesus, in God's word, in the Old Testament, we're going to find out Jesus also said this, that, that he gives peace and he gives perfect peace. But even when there are financial issues and health issues and marriage relationship issues and career pressures and parenting issues and aging parents and legal issues and to-do lists and education, transportation, etc., that God promises in the midst of it all, I will be there to give you perfect peace. And we're going we're gonna to understand through this weekend, that's why I beg of you to listen to the second and third message because I'm going to give practical steps to help you. And I've walked through this myself. Uh, I know God's word is true and real, that he does give perfect peace. He gives true peace. So point number one on your notes is this. God grants constant and complete peace to those whose focus, say focus, to those whose focus stays on him. In the midst of a crisis, we must learn through the grace of God, through the goodness of God, which is available to all of us, to keep our focus on the Lord. Not on the crisis, not on the situation. Yes, to be aware of it. Not to, not to put our head in the sand and pretend it's not occurring. But even though we are well aware of what is taking place, yet our eyes are on the Lord. Our focus, our concentration, and God gives us grace to walk in this truth, that God will grant constant and complete peace to those whose focus stays fixed on him. And it's amazing, when God gives this promise in Isaiah 26 and 3, it's in the midst of an extremely difficult, an extremely challenging time in the life of Judah. And, and yet he promises them, in spite of what's going on around you, I will give you perfect peace. I will keep you in perfect peace. I will give you true peace, lasting peace. Everybody say lasting. Lasting peace, not temporary, but lasting peace. And so let's begin with the first of the powerful steps for experiencing this peace. Let's read Philippians 4, 6 to 8, first in the New Revised Standard Version. It begins verses 6 and 8, and right here are the keys, right here are the components, right here are the wonderful instructions of God. We're going to focus on verse 6 tonight. Uh, Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Let's read it also in the Amplified Bible because we want to just highlight something here. Verse 6, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Interesting. Do not fret or have any anxiety about everything. 
But in every circumstance and in everything, well, in every, in every circumstance and in everything, Paul, are you kidding? He was writing these letters from a jail cell. Talk about stress. He was chained to a guard. Talk about stress. When would he be free? Talk about stress. When would he see his loved ones again? Talk about stress. Would they kill him tomorrow? Talk about stress. But the Apostle Paul tells us with all conviction, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Listen to this promise. And God's peace shall be yours. That tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ and so fearing nothing from God and being content with his earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard. Don't forget these words. Shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. For the rest, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemly, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Fix your focus. On them. So write this down, please. Uh, number one, for us to experience this true peace, the, 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 first, the first truth that we must grapple with and eventually surrender to is realize that worry is sin. No one said amen. No one. Worry is sin. I know how you feel. Trust me. But worry is sin. Now, it's, it's very, very clear. Let's, let's read what Jesus says. Uh, this, is, this is extremely, extremely crystal clear. In Matthew 6, 25 through 31, Jesus is talking. Listen up. Therefore, I say to you, do not, say do not, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It's not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? My wife and I have discovered that worry is a, is a complete, utter waste of time. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? Therefore do not worry. Say do not. Do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Where are my kids going to go to college and oh, Am I going to have something to wear next week and oh, Will I have money for this and oh God? What about our retirement and what about our savings and what about, what about, what about, what about? But the truth is worry is an accepted practice in our culture. Jesus, who's he? Who? I got to worry about this. Oh, oh. Oh, and so the stress mounts and the stress comes. And the stress has all those negative consequences, negative effects, negative 
connotation in our lives, it just, it just spoils everything. Because we have not accepted the fact that worry is sin. I know a lot of God's people. I, I discovered that I, by nature, I'm a worrier. I don't want to tell you, but I'm forced to. I, I, you know, I got it. I mean, God began to deal with me about this area, and, and I found out that if, 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 I, if I didn't have one thing to worry about, I'd find something else. And when that was solved, I'd look for something else, and by God, God called me to worry, and I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. <laughs> I'm anointed to worry. And, you know, I caught it being concerned, of course. And, uh, you know, I'm just, you know you, well, you know, you have to pay attention to these things. But it was, it was worry. The symptoms were there. I had, to, I had to eat, you know, eat yogurt to settle my stomach down. I couldn't sleep sometimes at night. Of course, you know, I was praying. <laughs> but the truth is, I was worrying. Sometimes I would come out of prayer and I had a worse headache than I did going into prayer. My head was splitting. Because I was worrying. While I was praying, I was worrying. Can we be honest in here tonight? Okay, five of you said yes. Okay, I'll take that. Five is the number of grace in the Bible, so I'll take that I have permission with all of you. That, that you know, we, we, we've, we've got to be transparent in this area and say, Lord, I've been worrying a lot. Sometimes. Who worries sometimes? Be honest. I'll close my eyes. I won't see who you are. Okay, it's, it's okay. You know, this is not meant to condemn you by using the word sin, and, you know, because, again, there's no condemnation in Christ. The, the point is that Jesus said you will know the truth, and what will the truth do? It'll set us free. So we've got to be truthful about this. Lord, I've been worrying. God, I have not obviously kept my focus on you. Now, Jesus uses a very important word uh, when he's, he says, you know, do not worry. It's, it, it, it means, this is powerful, it means to be divided on the inside. It means to have a double mind or a double heart. I'm, I'm saying one thing out of my mouth, but emotionally I'm going another way. I'm saying I'm trusting you, God, but, but you know, Lord, uh, I'm, oh, Lord, are, are you going to come through? <laughs> Maybe I better have plan B, plan C, plan D, plan, oh boy. Remember when James said that, that, you know, if you lack wisdom, ask it of God, but ask without doubting. Why? Because if you doubt, you receive nothing. Is it because a double-minded man or woman will receive how much from the Lord? Nada, double mind. Two, it's, it's almost as if you are split personality. Of course, I'm talking about you, not me, right? A split, a split personality, trying to trust God, but dealing with the worry. Trying to plus, trust God, but fearful. Trying to trust God, but getting hammered by the stress. And in the midst of this kind of predicament, God releases his word and says, I will give you perfect peace if you will dislodge your mind from camping on the problem and look to me, the promiser. And now, I'm not saying this is easy. I'm not saying it's a piece of cake. But I am saying the grace of God will help you. I am saying that you and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. 
And I'm saying that this is something we must attack and win in the name of Jesus because we don't want the negative effects that stress will leave in our family, in our lives, if it goes unchecked. So Jesus said, don't worry. Do not worry. One amen. That's the improvement from no amens to one. And then look, look, look at this next point. Um, well, of course, I share with you, resist the temptation. Resist the temptation to worry. Resist the temptation to worry. Resist it. I got to stop here uh, because I have to take it up in the morning. Thank God I have another service. If you want to come back, you can because it gets better and better and better. Uh, this is just the foundation. I just want to whet your appetite. But... Again, there's some incredible promises and truths that are in this passage that are just going just gonna to bring over joy. Pastor's talking about happy, happy, happy. You're going to be happy after you hear. Amen. You're going to be very happy after you hear. Now, yes, uh, after Pastor Mike comes and uh, dismisses those who want to go, I, I want to tell you this. My wife and I will be at the altar. We're going to pray for some people. And, and uh, I, I encourage you uh, to come for prayer. Let me tell you why. God does use us uh, in prophetic ministry, and, and we are determined that it will only be encouraging. Uh, it will only lift up. It will only edify. We never want to be uh, accused of saying something that was not encouraging because New Testament uh, rules of the game are very clear. It must be encouraging. And that, and that God sends the, the apostolic ministry and the prophetic ministry alongside the pastor, alongside the pastor. See, we're on the same team. Pastor John's on the same team. We're on the same team, and that team is intended, according to Ephesians 4, when Jesus gave gifts, five gifts, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, he gave all these gifts for what? So that they would bring edification to the body of Christ. And the word, the word edify there literally is, is a surgical term that means to reset a bone. Reset a bone. That if something is, somebody's taking a hit, if someone has been just going through and there's a weariness and there's a tiredness or there's a fatigue or, or there's pain that, that the apostolic and the prophetic have been called in to help, to help set the bone back in place to bring healing so you can go on and continue in the race for the Lord. So, Father, in Jesus' name, as, you're, as, you're, as we conclude at least the message, God, we thank you that uh, you will continue to talk. Again, that your word is alive, and so it's engaging, and it's invigorated, and it is anointed to continue talking to us even through the night. God, we thank you that you will minister to us, your people, because you love us and that the word will get the job done, that you will call us to perfect peace. and We will walk in it in Jesus' name. Amen.